0: Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron Deloitte to be joined here once again by Matthew Hurley of the GA Statsman Podcast. We're going to run through all the weekend's championship action. Uh, certainly a lot of surprises, a lot of big, big results that happened across the country and well outside the country in uh, in our neighbours across the pond in New York, who obviously sealed a famous win versus Leitrim. And um, yeah, definitely a lot to run through. And I suppose looking at the results at the weekend, Matthew, it's fair to say the championship is well and truly back. And if we can get more weekends like this in terms of results and games going down to the war, like even seeing the Offaly Longford game went down to the war, Clare um, Claire Cork goes down to the war, Mayo Ross Common, we might be in for one hell of a championship.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and thanks for having me on your show again, Aaron. Yeah, it was a uh, interesting enough. weekend. came yeah, definitely the New York game, um, definitely caught the eye last night. So I was thinking. Okay, one of them was going to win o- over normal time, and uh, maybe it will be a point victory, a bit like the Sligo game last year. But it turned into a miraculous game, really. Uh, went all the way to penalties, exciting. And as uh, I mentioned, it was two o'clock in the morning, and I was basically snug in my bed when um when the action was uh happening at uh, the penalty shootout. So yeah, it was a uh, brilliant entertainment for um late night late night um GA action was absolutely brilliant. And um yeah, today um. I suppose Cork losing, I went to the game against Clarence, disappointing loss, but I suppose it's great to see on the Sunday game that um, the attention's kind of taken off Cork with that win for New York, and a bit with the Common win against Mayo as well, and with all their championship games as well, so definitely looking forward to getting stuck into it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, like and I suppose like they say, the provincial championships doesn't mean that much anymore, and like, there's definitely still flaws there with the group stages and everything else, in my opinion. But, like, when you see some of those results, like when you've seen the scenes at full time after the penalty shootout in, G- in Gaelic Park when New York beat Leitrim, and even the Ruscommon fans as well, like Davey Burke going absolutely mental on the sidelines. I didn't see any scenes from the Clare Court game, but I'm sure Calm Collins was, was absolutely, you know, jumping with delight when he got that win as well. So, Look, it's fair to say that the provincial championships they still mean a whole lot, despite what some people say.
1: Exactly, and uh, to uh, paint a scene about the uh, Clare boys like uh, Owen Cleary, um, you know, you could see him on Jade at St. Page. He was crying and um, he crying with joy, really. Which I think he Sexton was was well, well. It was a brilliant, brilliant moment. Colin Collins was um, embracing the fans as well, and the fans were absolutely jumping for joy in the stand that I was in as well. It was, absolutely packed that stand so i think the clear fans were absolutely overjoyed despite the fact that the hurlers are doing pretty well and um, reaching the Munster final last year but still there's a good enough um showing for the footballers for their fans so pretty good showing for them um, i didn't see much of the ross common support against me i only saw a, a bit of highlights and now, and it looked like there was a load of ross common support there anyway and obviously i seen the new york scenes last night it was absolutely mental stuff uh, there in Gated Park so yeah the provincials they definitely beat something and to be honest when you look at all the games in an overall sense I think only Sligo to win over London and probably Armas win over Antrim uh, towards the end anyway were probably um, comprehensive the rest were in the balance right until the very last minute and it's great to see really but I suppose the proof would be the pudding for the Provincial Championships once we have Kerry, Dublin um Galway possibly in a kind of final coming to mm. the fore in the next few weeks
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose, as you said there, we'll start with the game, obviously, in Castle Bar. Mayo, 10 points. Ruscommon, 2-8. Ruscommon turning over Mayo in their own backyard in Castle Bar. Um, a result that not many people seeing coming. I know the fact that you know these two were not far away from each other in terms of the league, um, in terms of how both sides finished in the league. But for Ruscommon to go away to Mayo, beat them in their own backyard, do it in the way that they did it, especially after all the hype that's been around Mayo in the last couple of weeks. What a win, and, and what a day to be a Roscommon fan.
1: It is, definitely. And uh, I, I suppose when you look at the scores uh, from the outside, Roscommon only had four different scores, and you were thinking, how are they going to win this game? And Mayo definitely had to spread the scores across the field, but the two goals really changed And um, The penalty probably was a footblock at the end of the day, and they well taken by Andy Smith at the end of the day. Dony Smith's goal, a bit of a scramble, but he was in the back of the net, and uh, Roscommon Ross Common took them two goals at the half point time break. Then Mayo started to make a comeback. You think, okay, Mayo, they're starting to do it. But then Dermot Murta, Connor Cox, they start to stand up for Ross Common. And it was the difference at the end. Pretty good um, showing from them. And Ross Common, our team, that you won't be taking lightly this year. Like they lost to Clear under tough circumstances last year in Crow Park, but again, we've seen We've seen clear the last few years and especially today how good they are. So maybe we were a bit too hard on Roscommon last season and maybe they can seriously make a push for an all-around semi final But for Mayo, a bit of a wake-up to reality in all honesty, Aaron. Like um, we said last week, this Mayo team is absolutely flawless, which, like, there's still some good um, elements about the Mayo team in fairness to them. But at the same time, like losing the Ross Common today, it will definitely put them back a, a t- just a small bit. But I suppose they're go into the All Group now. Pot three, which is still going to be tough. But let's say they're in a scenario where the pot one side that comes out would be Tyrone and Mayo absolutely tied with them in the league. I don't think Mayo will um, necessarily panic in. So it's not it's not um, a situation where you just press the panic button for Mayo just yet. But it is big possible for that Kevin McStay will definitely go back into the training room. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise as well for Mayo, because they start forgetting the league. It was week on, week off, week on, week off, and it was relentless. They now have, I think, until the end of May before their next game in the All-Ireland group stage, so maybe Kevin McStay will use that time to you know, recuperate the team and uh, get them in bonding sessions or what, what Kerry were doing last week in Portugal, possibly. So, Maybe there's a good sign that Bill lost this uh, kind of title, but at the same time, yes, it's um it's a difficult loss for Bale to take, and obviously they don't win the kind of title this year, but all all in all saying that, Ross Common, brilliant victory for
0: them. Yeah, definitely, definitely was like, and even looking at their performance, like it reminded me so much of when Derry beat Tyrone last year, like that that's kind of same performance, like they sat in. They ran the ball with pace. They waited for the right moments. You know, they were just, you know, they were intent on scoring goals in the first half. Um, And mainly because of the weather and the conditions in Castle Bar. Like it was very tough. And Mayo struggled with a big, you know, hugely in the second half. They were were trying to run it through the middle, probably too much. Um, Whereas Roscommon got a lot more joy with it, I felt, in the first half. Um, But yeah, like that energy, that intent and. Like, the, the Davy Burke blueprint is all over this side, in my opinion. You can just see how well coached they are. Like, even in that first half, like, Ruscommon were just not panicking. They were not panicking. They weren't shooting from distance. Like, I I, I think I even, I think I've seen a statistic at halftime. They created, I think, five scoring chances in the first half and scored four of them, and two of them were goals. Do you know, like, they weren't shooting from ridiculous angles. They weren't, you know, overplaying the ball. And they just looked down to an absolute T and, yeah, like, like for Davey Burke to have this sort of an impact so early on and get the team playing like that, like, you know, the sky's the limit, really, I think.
1: And even watching the highlights of the background here, like, it looked, it looked like a terrible day, weatherwise as well, like the but, wet conditions. Yeah. So, you know, th- that makes that statistic even more incredible, really, because usually when a team is, um you know, shooting for ridiculous angles or even for respectable angles in them sort of conditions, they usually go white. So for Common to hit. Four four points, or four scores, should I say, out of a possible five attempts. That's an incredible statistic in fairness to Common, And it probably just shows that like, Davy Burke has the team more settled, though. He has them more calm. And in fairness, they're shooting well in uh, good positions. They probably weren't last year, which was probably their downfall against Clare and Crow Park. But this season, it's a totally changed Roscommon team. And I think they're going to go places this year. Will they beat Galway? In that um, semi-final encounter, I'm not entirely sure it's going to be a difficult, difficult ask. But same time, like this will sort of give them a load of confidence, even to go into the All Ireland group in with their tails up in fairness to them. And even look at him um, look at the highlights here. Like um, even when Mayo were attacking them relentlessly in the second half, Ross didn't panic. then either, they still got yeah. the ball. He got into the right positions in the second half. Connor Cox kicked a lovely score at the end of the game as well. And Ross Common won us in the end, and fair plays to them, and they utterly deserve this game. A lot of people doubted Ross Common, including myself, yourself, I, would imagine, Aaron as well. And they proved the doubters wrong and fairness to them. And Davey Brooks' troops are going to rally on this summer.
0: Absolutely, like, and and when you look at it, like, like a lot of us obviously backed. I think I I backed Mayo to win the All Ireland before this weekend. You backed them to, to 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 win it as well. I'm pretty sure was definitely a lot of hype in the media a lot of people sort of talking them up and and rightly so like they won the league you know i know some people are, are getting annoyed that mayo are being hyped up but like i think i think you know it's it's deservedly so like based off what they've done in the league and the squad that they have they're all on a finalists a couple of years ago so they so they are a serious team um but from a Roscommon point of view for them to go to castle bar beat them in their own backyard like I'm not saying Roscommon now are going to win the All-Ireland or anything like that, but where does that put them in that conversation? I know it's a little bit different because Roscommon's record in Crow Park isn't great, but when you look at it, like you look at them and think, they might win the All-Ireland. I'm not saying that, but they have to be in the conversation now, surely.
1: When you look at them league rankings I posted on my Instagram a few weeks ago, Check it out if you haven't already, by the way. But if you look at that, Roscommon are actually turning that. They're behind Galway and Mayo. Like they're still a big enough team when you look at it. And When you look at their players all over the field as well, you have Bill O'Carroll or Ben O'Carroll, should I say, excellent forward. Connor Cox, who didn't contribute much in the league, but still pops up with brilliant scores. Hint shown on uh, Sunday, brilliant score from him. Like there was a there was a plethora of uh, good performances from Ross, Ross Common and Fairness, and Brian Stack at centre backs an excellent player, probably one of the best centre backs in the country at this particular moment. And let's not forget. Olton Harney was um Alton Harney left the panel for Ross Common, I think it was the end of last year, and he was their star man, and you were thinking Ross going could go backwards without this guy. But it seems like Ross are actually getting better without Alton Harney. And Alton Harney is an unbelievable player, make no mistake about that. Dermot Murta, Kieran Murta, Enda Smith, Donny Smith. there's a camaraderie with Ross Common as well. Not just the quality, but they're all together in, in this as well. And I think Ross Common would definitely have a very good summer. Beating Galway, I think the game i will have to look at this again now, Aaron, but I think the game is in Salt Hill. If it is, that's going to be a difficult game for Ross Common. So mm. look, like it's like you know, it, it would be difficult, but then again, like nobody fancied him going to Castle Barn winning today. They did. So, you know, Ross Common will definitely fancy their chances. And there's the, the, a load of there's a load of examples in the GAA where where records are just are just gone within an instance. Like, I, I was listening to Shane Dowling on the Late Late Show. You know, I know this is completely different hurling and stuff like that, but Limerick were team perennial bottlers from 19... They hadn't won an order since 1973. did they win the order in the 2018? Why can't Ross Cowan break their crop back hoodoo this year? You know? So I think... Common are definitely in the right place to do it. They have the right players, they have the right manager, they have the right team unity, and I think they'll definitely go places this year. A lot of people are ranking Roscommon very high because of their players last year and not thinking about the other elements, but all the elements are glued together now, this Common team, and I think they'll definitely have a very good year. And on Mayo, I don't think it's a reason to panic for Mayo because of how good Roscommon have been today.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. Look, and I suppose when you look at it from a Mayo perspective, like as you said, this this defeat could do one 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 of two things. It could it could reinvigorate them, um, give them time off, give them a break, which I think is needed. Even though they've a big enough squad, they've had a lot of games over the last couple of weeks. They haven't had a break. They now have a, a long enough break until the end of May. And ultimately, as well, like for Mayo, at the end of the day, the, the Connacht Championship is great and all, but the big one for them is the All Ireland. Like that, that's that's the one that they want. Um, and and obviously, beating Ross Common, beating Galway. Would have been great preparation for those group stages and it would have given them the best possible chance of getting out of the group going in as a as a pot one team. Um but at the same time it also has the potential to to derail their season a little bit because things have been this is the first defeat for, for Kevin McStay as manager. Um second. And, second defeat, is it? Oh yeah, after the Monaghan game, actually, yeah, sorry. But obviously in that game, it was a fairly it was a fairly rotated side and it was you know, it wasn't the it wasn't the strongest team he put out, and it certainly didn't have the the makings of of the Mayo team that were out there today. So when you look at it, like it could have the potential to derail their season and, and disrupt them a little bit. So what way do you think it it could go from from here?
1: I think it could be a blessing in disguise for them. Like it's going to be a long break for them. Like you, as I said earlier on the chat here, Kerry went on team bonding holiday last week. I think it was in Portugal. Like Mayo yeah. could do the exact same. And it will definitely invigorate them. Like, they've been open u- since today, Mayo were the most flawless team in the country, in my opinion. You look at Dermot O'Connor, Matthew Rowan in midfield, Killian O'Con- O'Connor. still got a point today, let's not forget, off the bench. You still have Tommy Conway starting. You still have Ryan O'Donoghue. Enorm still on the bench, um, still trying to get into the team. A-Norm I think, still scored today. He, did, he did, yes. Yeah. So, you know, so, very good performances from all over the field, even though he lost today. So, Like, I I honestly think it's just the fact that Roscommon just were more hungry. They were more hungry for a kind of title. Mayo, as you rightly said, they're going for the All Ireland, and good luck to them. And I think they definitely still have a chance. Today is not going to define their season. Like, a lot of people would be pointing at us saying, well, what about Tyrone last year? There was a bit of a difference. Tyrone got hockey by Derry last year, embarrassed. Today, Roscommon were just a better team, and Mayo actually put it up to them in the second half. And they could have easily won it on another day, but Ross Common just were driven to get the victory. And that was the difference between the two sides today. But Mayo, I definitely give them hope. You look at the players, look at their form in the league, and that would suggest they're going places. And the break will do them a whole load of good, I think. And I think they'll do uh, pretty good things in the next few weeks. But... They have three games now to fix their season. And I think Mayo and Kevin McStay will definitely be on course to do that. And and I think if they get drawn, best case scenario, probably with an Ulster champion, let's just say it's Tyrone, Derry, possibly. I think Mayo could definitely fancy their chance of to topping that group. And then that's another break then towards an all Ireland quarter final. So the jigsaw puzzle can, for an all Ireland title can fit good together for Mayo. And maybe this defeat could be a blessing in disguise for them.
0: Yeah, and I suppose as as Mayo fans will even say as well. Like I mean, the the years in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen were probably the two closest times they came to winning the All Ireland, and on both of those occasions they they crashed out of the uh, of the Connacht Championship uh, quite early on as well. Um, I suppose moving on then, I suppose to the game as we were saying on Saturday night, it was um, yeah one of one of the most mental, most bizarre games of Gaelic football I've honestly ever seen. I certainly never expected to be as you said like you know cozied up all in bed watching this game with the headphones on and everything at what 20 to 3 in the morning and to see New York pull out the the victory on penalties I mean 15 points apiece and New York pull off history first time ever they win a championship game incredible
1: incredible scenes and you you just have to look at those scenes on the Sunday game tonight or on Sunday night to describe that it was absolutely um, astonishing scenes, really. And when you look at the overall game, when you look, you break it down statistically, I know it's kind of hard with the emotion and all that, attached with New York, but New York deserved it. Like, you look at their scores there, like a load of scores, especially, I want to mention as well, Cone LeHurden coming on to the I know Shane Carter he probably deservedly got man of the match. He was absolutely excellent And uh, last night, or yeah, this morning, should I say, Sunday morning at this stage. But uh, Colin Lahore came on four place balls. He kicked 100% in them. That was superb. He came on at half time for Mikey Brosnan, who himself scored a brilliant point in the, the first half. And Mikey Brosnan as well, American, boarded bread, and kicks that winning penalty. Like you couldn't have scripted it really hard. It's an absolutely incredible story there. Andrew Varley didn't have probably his best game, as you were saying in your match reaction earlier on today. But at the same time, he still picked up two points in him. Like Daniel O'Sullivan was almost like a jack-in-the-box, on thought of Conor He was excellent all over the field. Brilliant, brilliant player. Mikey Cunningham in gold, Mikey Brosnan, Jack Riley off the bench, Mark Ellis, a guy from Cork. I thought they were absolutely brilliant, New York, and definitely deserved their victory. And um, a lot of people are ranting and raving maybe about um, how bad Leitrim did and uh, their scoring statistics. Like Morris Brosnan uh, pointed that out from my stats last night. I think it was 28% shooting accuracy from play, which isn't good enough, really, to win a game. But let's make no mistake about it. This morning, it was all about New York. Outstanding performance and fair play to them for winning the game. And yeah, it's an incredible, um, incredible moment. And let, who would have said Ireland this? We would have been experiencing G history at about three o'clock in the morning. It's incredible, and um, it's an incredible moment that we cherish. And we are living in history at the moment, and a brilliant, brilliant victory for New York. Congratulations to every single one of the panel there!
0: Yeah, like it was it was just mad, wasn't it? Watching and watching it all unfold. And like the thing was, like obviously, Leech and where we're going in as as favorites, as it as it always usually is, but. When you actually seen the New York side and you've seen the players that were lining out, and I didn't know Shane Carthy was going to be playing, but when I seen him out on the pitch, I was thinking, This New York side, like, this is probably the best team that New York have ever had, off the top of my head, from from thinking back through the years. I mean, you've got an all Ireland winner in there in Shane Carthy, who was unlucky probably and and for different reasons couldn't make the breakthrough with Dublin. And obviously he's openly spoke about that in the past. You've you've got Bill Maher, who's been a part of some brilliant Tipperary sides, and probably part of of Tipperary's history, um, in, in more ways than one. You've got Johnny Glynn, former Galway hurler, Mark Ellis, uh, former Cork hurler. You've got like so many intercounty players and stars, like all across the field. Adrian Varley as well. Now, fair enough. A lot of these players are probably like you know coming towards the end of their playing days. You would say you know some of them anyway, not all of them, but. Like and here they are playing for New York, and it was just one of those things you looked at and thought: Could New York get it to click? Could they get it to to happen on the day? Could they get that little bit of luck? and and they did, they did, and you know they they capitalized on on Leitrim's misfortunes and and what a day it was for every New York fan in that
1: stadium. Yeah, incredible, incredible scenes, and a uh, fellow world noting as well: that uh, two Galway men, especially. Johnny Glenn in midfield, absolutely excellent field fielding. You didn't think he'd have this in his locker, being such a great hurler. Like I remember him scoring a brilliant goal against Cork in Simple Stadium, Turles 2015. But you didn't know he had that in his locker as a footballer. It was incredible to watch, really. And Owen Kern, I think he did an excellent job on. Um, I think he was on Tom Pryor last. Yeah, I think he was on Tom Pryor last um, this mor- This morning, and he was absolutely superb. And yeah, they played as a team in Fairness New York, and you wouldn't have expected that considering they didn't play competitive games against like a Leitrim or Sligo or May or whatever. Um, ever really in the the last few months, like maybe the offly game kind of stood to them as well in the Tatching Cup last season. The fact they went over to Ireland experience playing in the Tatching Cup that time and they got to play offly. In that game, and um, yeah, in fairness to New York, they pulled off the result. And credit to Johnny McGuinness, who set out a plan, and he he definitely uh, got it over the line. And what you see with underdogs usually is they usually park the bus and play conservative football. New York went for it; they went from it from the very off, and it worked for them. In all fairness, to them they played excellent style of football, and they deserved it. Absolutely deserved it in fairness to them. And yeah, on Leitrim a small bit because um, even Sweeney came on and got three points. Like, in fairness to him, he was the one guy that you were thinking, okay, he's he's taking the mantle to New York here and New York could be in a bit of trouble here. But, and Key Borders, vera got nine points as well. Mark Lund got two points. Like, they played well in trying to get from up and running. And as well as that, that Shane Carty point in the last minute of normal time, what a score! What a score to get its extra time! It was an incredible score. You could see how he won them two all Ireland's as a Dublin there. You know, he has that in his locker to get get the scores at the crucial moments. Brilliant, brilliant play from him and uh, brilliant, brilliant ending to Brilliant Fairy
0: Yeah, like ice, ice in the veins, like to, to pop that one over, especially with. With it being on the line, it was the last kick of the ball. If he had missed that, the ref would have blew it up and, and Leitrim would have, would have came away uh, with the victory. Um, so, you know, a special, special point there. And I suppose, like, obviously we've seen Sligo win earlier today as well. We'll get onto that a little bit later. But, I mean, seeing New York now going to Sligo, I think it's going to be in Markovich Park. Correct me if I'm wrong. We'll, we'll see what's going on there. But, like, looking at it for, for New York, I mean, they nearly beat Sligo last year. Uh, that was in Gaelic Park, in fairness. Um, like, you're looking at now them going to Markovic Park. Like, it's going to be a huge ask, like making the trip over to, to Ireland. Um, you know, obviously, it's them who's, who's doing the travel this time around. Sligo have probably kicked on a bit more since last year as well. So, it goes without saying, I think the majority of people would fancy Sligo to do it. But even the thought that New York could end up in an in iconic a final. Is, is mental And if they were to beat Sligo Them go, them then going into the group stage Like I, I even said in, in the match reaction earlier There's a world where New York Could end up playing Dublin and Crow Park Like and that's You know like the, the fact that New York Now have this opportunity is is Crazy and look I've got nothing against Sligo but I, I would love to see New York do it and, and get to a Final I think it would probably go down As one of the greatest GA stories Of all time if it happened
1: I think we all both, to be honest. Like, I know Sligo. I have a lot of time for Sligo people there. They're a brilliant community there. They're brilliant players like 9 Murphy, Pat Spillan, brilliant players. But at the same time, what a story it would be for New York to reach the final. And it's kind of like, remember London reaching the of final in 2013? Then remember when we all got behind London to get that of final? They eventually got Mayo in the final and eventually they could see the five goals and think Killing O'Connor got a hat-trick. But again, that was a brilliant achievement for London. They got to crow park Imagine new york being in crow park and it's no a possibility you know it's it's an incredible it's an incredible story it really is and uh, fair play to the new york players as you said rightly there he's going to be a big ask if they are in barcovitch park i've seen, seen gavin call tweet um earlier on today and he said it's a definite they're playing new york in barcovitch park and he's a slow journalist well-established Sligo journalist so if he's saying that it probably is true, so it's going to be a very, very big ask for New York. But again, like the Offaly game last year, like they had the experience of going out to Ireland last year. I know they got a bit of a hockeying off Offaly, but they still got the experience of going over there. And you would think the second time round against a team that is slightly, like Offaly or slightly better than Sligo. less us not um, crossed the round whatsoever. So maybe there is hope there for New York to pull off the unthinkable. I think Sligo will be too strong ultimately. We'll get Sligo on the minute, but like New York, it's definitely not among of the realms of possibility. And they're in a Connacht kind of semi-final for a reason. And less they could be in the Sam McGuire Cup, and that'd be an absolutely incredible achievement for everyone involved over in New York. I could see Larry McCarthy's post last night as well. He looks absolutely emotional, emotional wreck as well. And it was brilliant, brilliant scenes, brilliant scenes, and um, that may continue for uh, New York j. G-
0: yeah, and as you were saying there about Leitrim, like obviously I've seen a, a lot of people coming in criticizing Leitrim. Some people saying it was the worst championship performance they'd ever seen. Um, I even seen Colin Parkinson of Smaller Fish Ga, you know, really sort of putting it into Andy Moran and saying like he, you know, things aren't working out, and and Leitrim have gone backwards since the days of when Terry Hyland was there. Like, what's what what's your sort of take on on that in terms of Leitrim? Like, I mean, it was. Like I think at the same time you have to give New York loads of credit, but like I I don't know, like I I personally didn't think Leitrim played that bad, but what was your opinion?
1: I didn't think they played particularly bad either. I'm looking at it, but as Morris Brosnan actually mentioned, um, you know, he quoted my stats and saying. When's the last uh, he asked me this question now? Personally, when was the last time um someone, uh, some team, had a 28% uh, score accuracy from play? Well, I had to dig through the archives for that, but eventually I found I'm sorry to offend any Mead fans now, but uh, Mead's performance against Dublin in 2019 was actually worse. Um, They converted 18% from play, 18% overall, so that's way worse than uh, Leitrim achieved. But yeah, I've seen Colin Parkinson's tweet as well. Kind of harsh on Andy Moore because when you look at us, even last season, they lost in penalties to Sligo when they were wrongfully um, uh, penalised for a square ball. Leitrim should have won that game. They should have maybe got more time in the league as well. And if they got more time in the league, they could have easily went up to Division 3 as well. So it's kind of a situation where Andy Moore has just not got the luck as Leitrim manager. In my honest opinion, I don't know what anybody else thinks of that, but... I just think it's down to luck rather than um him being a bad coach or whatever. Let's not for, it is Andy Moore. It's his first job and he definitely deserves some, um, you know, a bit of empathetic sympathy. But to be honest, like I know Colin Parkinson, he has his own podcast and stuff like that, but he's not exactly and I don't think you'll agree with this, Aaron. I don't think he's the most empathetic guy in the G.A. when you think about it. See what um the Eddie Brennan incident would Leash as well a few years ago. So you know, yeah, it's a it's um you know, trying to get likes and stuff like that, but I think Andy Moran is still doing a decent job as a the manager. They still have uh, three games guaranteed in the Talking Cup, they still have time to turn their season around. And um generally I just think the story was New York and the story should be still about New York and how much of an incredible story that was.
0: Yeah, like and you forget like as well, like like the Leitrim team has changed quite a bit since Andy Morens and came in. And since the days of Terry Hoyland, like I think there's been nine or ten changes in terms of the panel, like a huge turnover in terms of their starting 15. I think only maybe three or four of them are still in the team. Keith Byrne obviously being one of them. Like the likes of your Rhino Rooks, your your Emlyn Mulligans, like these lads aren't in the team anymore, aren't in the squad. Um you know, I think Roy O'Rourke might be injured, or you know, he's knocking around maybe on the bench here and there, but he hasn't been involved um this season, like in terms of the starting 15. So you know it's a young side like Jack Heslin, you know, Tom Pryor, Barry McNulty, Evan Sweeney. Like, these lads are young players and, and making the trip over to New York. Like, it's, it's 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 a long journey, it's a long journey, and that atmosphere was tough. Like, looking at it on the uh, or uh, on the laptop like yesterday, it looked like a tough atmosphere, and it's it's a tough atmosphere for a young player after making that trip over. And again, Leitrim. They wouldn't have known what they were coming up against in terms of New York. Like New York only announced their team, you know, during the week. So like it would have been very hard for Andy Moore and Leitrim to prepare for that game, especially when it wasn't too long ago they came off the back of an intense league as well. So I do think I'd agree with you as well. I think I think you know you know for any Leitrim fans, to to be fair, I think most Leitrim fans wouldn't wouldn't be going mad at their team. But I think for any fans that were looking at it and thinking Leitrim this or Leitrim that, you know, you need to look at it and think. It's there's there's more you know there's more context than 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 what actually happened in my opinion.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and uh, yeah, it's 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 difficult really to criticise anymore when you you know put the uh, facts and stats everything up on the table. It is kind of difficult. And you mentioned the youngsters in that uh, league team. Well, I think Darren Frell actually mentioned last night, like Barry McNulty, number twenty five that came on. He's eighteen years of age. You know, yeah. usually 18-year-olds are doing, you know, preparing for the leaving cert, not preparing to go to the Big Apple and play a GA game, an intense atmosphere as well, as he mentioned. So you have to put that into consideration as well. As you said, David Sweeney as well with three points. And yeah, Ryan O'Rourke was on my podcast, uh, I think a couple of years ago now at this stage. And he was saying that um, hopefully he'll win a kind of title. The dream is still there for them. He's probably, I don't know, he definitely wouldn't have left the panel because he's definitely a committed lad, Ryan. But yeah. I think there might have been just an injury problem maybe with him. I, I don't know what it is with him. But um, this set of brilliant players like, A key Bourne with nine points last night, even Sweeney three points off the bench. I just think it was the hostile atmosphere. And as you mentioned in previous podcasts as well, jet lag maybe is a thing as well. That Leitrim just wore up to the fight and that was about it. And um, yes, it was... It went down to penalty shootouts. A penalty shootout to lose again. And Andy Moore, like, what do you think of? It, like, I was thinking about this this morning as well. Leitrim lost to the penalty shootout to Sligo last season at the go Cup and now again this year. Maybe it's it's tough to lose a penalty shootout, and you can have your own opinions about penalty shootouts and stuff like that. But maybe it's a sign that Andy Moore needs to get his players to practice penalties. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, but you know it's 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 it's, it's a harsh criticism and all that. And but it, yeah, they didn't score any penalties, did they last night? So you know it's um it's a it's a difficult one. It really is a difficult one to lose out in penalties. Like we think it's difficult for Armagh losing out to Galway last year. Leitrim lost no last two penalties you lost, in a row. That's difficult to take, you know, and. It's going to be difficult for those players, and Andy Moore I think, deserves a bit more empathy than what he's getting against the Bones.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. I think I would agree I would agree. Like I think it's it's you know, we could have easily been talking about a man who led Leitrim to a Tolkien Cup semi-final. There were you're very, very close to beating um Sligo earlier in the year and getting getting back up to division three. So yeah, I think when you when you look at a um in, in the cold light of day I think maybe you know there is uh there is an element of them being a little bit unlucky. We'll touch on this game briefly probably went away I think a lot of people expected uh Sligo 220 London 12 points um obviously this game being played in uh in, in roof slip over in London um big win for for Sligo went as we expected um and I suppose I guess, yeah, they'll play London and New York on route to a, a Connacht final. Kind of an unusual route from uh, from a Sligo perspective. But, yeah, huge, huge yeah, result and, and a, a big commanding win.
1: Yeah, huge win for Simon, I suppose. Again, the highlight, and we mentioned, it's sort of a weekly thing, now, Aaron, where Pat Spillane gets the photo in uh, Ryslip or New York or where he is. And, um, yeah. you know, he meets up with the locals. And uh, I'd say he's enjoying life, really, uh, watching some and uh, While well, we're on a Sunday the series, though, no, 1-4 from play yesterday which was an incredible performance and definitely should be in Team of the Week this weekend um, possibly even Player of the Week brilliant performance from um, Pat Balan Junior there but um, yeah London you know in the league it probably just showed they're kind of out for depth really even against Sligo like they lost against Watford in the league which are one of the worst teams in the country they lost against Carlo as well another pretty bad team in the country so I just think London a bit out depth and Sligo easy easy victory for them and um, I think They won't like New York. I think Sligo would definitely fancy their chances of beating New York, but at the same time, they definitely be prepared for. Um, I know like they probably weren't as prepared as they wished to be last season, but they definitely will be this time around. And I think Sligo will definitely get to a kind of final, as I probably predicted at the start of the season, and them. Yeah, pot two in um, the All-Ireland series for Sligo is still a pretty good achievement. But then, as you say, it's frightfully there to to face London and New York to get to pot two. Maybe there's a bit of, um, you know, a bit of anger from every other county looking at that and seeing, you know, the Sligo in pot two because of um, beating two sides. that are not even on the All-Ireland Ireland. Ireland. But, um, you know, that's a discussion for another day. But very good um. Win for Sligo, they're back at the road, and um, yeah, they're on from
0: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And I suppose moving on then into the Munster Championship, I suppose we'll start with the game that you were at in uh, in Ennis. So it's Claire fourteen points, Cork thirteen points. Uh, big, big result for for Clare. Obviously, was watching this on. Well, not watching it, but keeping an eye on uh, on Scorpio. And I was saying to you, it looked like it was good for Cork, like they were they were leading for for large parts in the game, but. Clare come back, get a famous win and the result I'm sure all Cork fans dreaded when they seen the championship draw the fact that they were playing Clare away in Ennis, obviously a tough, tough place to go for any side and we've seen plenty of teams struggle down the years uh, playing Clare, most notably even my own county Dublin, probably should have got beat by Clare a couple of weeks ago so big result for Clare and for Cork Talchin Cup is, uh, is not out of the realms of possibility
1: yeah, yeah, um, we, we could write a book at this stage of uh, the failures of our football to be honest, Aaron. It's um, you know, a never ending story. We talked about New York being a fairy tale carcass, um, turning into a bit of a nightmare, but um, but in fair, in all seriousness, well done to care. brilliant victory for them. They definitely, and I said it to you off air, they just wanted it more today, and they got the win. Fair play to them, and you mentioned that they. They were lucky against Dublin. They were lucky against Kildare. A few, maybe, referee decisions go against them. And they probably deserve that look. But to be honest, like even, even watching the game in full, it wasn't on TV. I was actually at the game. And Clare, they just, they just wanted it more. They deserved a win. They took it to Cork. Their attackers, like every time Clare were on the attack, they were actually threatening, you know, threatening the goal. Key to six to them. If anybody was watching Sunday game, I don't know when this uh, podcast will go out. now, but um, if anyone was watching the Sunday game, keep an eye on Keelan Sexton's point in the second half, where he sells a dummy and puts it over the bar. Incredible point, and one of the points of the year. Definitely one to keep an eye out on the Sunday game. Owen Cleary, excellent performance from him with four points, and uh, clear forwards were on it today. Absolutely honest. Gavin Cooney coming on, getting a point, and Kylian Roan coming on, coming up all the way up the field, and then fist over the bar to see a monumental victory, brilliant victory for Clare. But of course, there are two sides to every story, and I just think Cork were just off it, just completely off it. Uh, the like to be honest, like I know the main game was a um, bit of a bit of a um, disaster really showing the defensive side of things because conceding three goals but defensively I don't think we were that bad but I just think attack wise we were so slow and pedestrian like you look at Claire in comparison you, they kicked the ball right into the forwards did turn put it over the bar excellent play with Cork we get up to the 45 metre line and we turn around and hand pass it again I've said this constantly on Fan TV in the past and nothing's been fixed I, I don't know, like, it's it's a situation, like, Clare did perform well, but King, like, there's two, like, Stephen Sherlock a 10 points over a possible 13 today, that just shows you, you know, we're too reliant on him to get us scores from him, um, Free his Sean I I, I I don't know, Sean Poser's played well over the last few weeks, so I don't know, he just looked a bit leggy, a bit tired, a lot of them just looked tired in the last few minutes, and it was and pale comparison for the Derry game in the last game where we had the energy to go at Derry and got the late goal at the end, which we deserved. But today, we were just leggy and were fitter than us. And, you know, it's, it's a hard situation to be in at the end of a game where you lose this. And Tottenham Cup, as you rightly said, big possibility, Now We're now counting on louder or Westmead to beat Mead in Leinster. And... And or um, Armagh to beat either Cavett or down in Ulster as well. So, big few weeks, and we're not involved in them. So, it's a tense weight. And I said before I um, move on to your yourself and uh, your comments, Aaron, but the low game a few weeks ago, that game, how crucial could that result be you now? Because if we just won that game against low, and took it a bit more seriously, maybe, then I think. I think we kind of took our eyes off the pedal against Lopes that day. And if we just mm. put both eyes on that fixture, we wouldn't be looking over our shoulder. But because we lost that game and lost today, we're now looking over our shoulder. We've only ourselves to blame, really, Aaron. And look, if we're in the Italian Cup, we can't have any complaints. Even today in the league, league performances, we can't have any complaints.
0: Yeah, like, and, and why is it, do you think, that core keep Keep like keep up this inconsistency because I think we've seen like in specific games they they have what it takes to to perform against some of the best teams. I mean they were very very good against Dublin as we obviously watched um, in Parky Quive. We've seen them at times, you know, they they comfortably be clear earlier in the league. They they you know put what six goals past Limerick in the league. They fought back from from the dead against Derry and even gone back in previous seasons like we've seen Cork. Be Kerry in the championship, but then lose to Tipperary a couple of weeks later. Like there seems to be always just this inconsistency, and like when you look at it, like the underage players are there, like the under twenty players are there, like that. That you know you've had under twenty and minor success in the last couple of years, so it's not like the talent isn't le- isn't there. Club level Cork has usually always been very strong. Um, I know you obviously have to compete with hurling, but like there's plenty of players in the in the county, and not to take anything away from Clare, like I think you know in in many ways this result was probably coming for clear. like they they'd so many good performances in the league they were due a, you know they were due something they were due a big win um but from a cork perspective like the inconsistency continues and like as a neutral like it's very hard to understand how because when i watch them play against dublin i think they have a chance here you know at getting to division 1 but then you look at them in these performances and at times you think you know, they could be going down to division three, like it's it's just it's bizarre, really watching them at the best of times.
1: And the, the Dublin game that we watched obviously live in your channel, live watching on brilliant, watching on by the way, that was. But when you look at that, what that same uh, Dublin game compared to today, the, div, the, the difference was so big with Dublin. We were kicking the ball into the forwards, we were turning our defenders, like we commented on how much Chris O'Jones spun Keane Murphy that day. Like, I don't know how many times he did that, maybe five, six times that day. But today he just wasn't getting the ball. No surface. And I, I don't know. Like, we sometimes play a system where we just kick the ball intricately into the forwards, bang, back of the net or over the bar. And it's quick, intricate play. It's absolutely brilliant to watch. But sometimes we just, it's slow and pedestrian. It was slow and pedestrian against Mead, slow and pedestrian today. It was slow and pedestrian against Derry up until when Derry lost a bit of energy and then Cork getting a bit of confidence in that game as well. Like it's 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 the frustration really that killed Jaron, the inconsistencies. But to be honest, like the Clare game, as you as you mentioned, like I, I was nervous all week. I know Darrow was saying that Cork need to win this game on their podcast during the week, but I could see this coming. I could see Clare just um, turning up for today because of the fact like if they lost today they would have been in the Tagging Cup and Cork players must have thought about that at the back of their minds and it didn't it didn't seem like there was an urge today to go on and win it and that was that was the key thing for me and usually after a game like a load of biased fans would say okay a referee decision and stuff like that went against us and we were kind of unlucky but today looking at the performances from both sides Clear, deserved it because they just wanted it more and that was the difference today and it's a difficult one it really is a difficult one and it, the amazing thing is Aaron if we go in, if we get lucky now and be in a Sam McGuire group we could be in a group with say I don't know we could be in with say I don't know Mayo um, Tyrone or somebody like that in an all Ireland group and then put up a miraculous performance that's Cork in a nutshell like you know it's, you don't know what to expect from them I think neutrals are getting really confused about their performances. And yeah, rightly so about Cork. And yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to take. It really is a tough, tough defeat to take. And um, yeah, John Cleary needs a lot of fixing over the next few weeks. And the waiting is the big thing. Is the, the most nerve-wracking thing because we could be in the Sam Cup or the Tantian Cup. At least with Mayo's loss against Roscommon, they know they're in the Sam Maguire. We have weeks to prepare for this. With cork. It's the unknown, and we only have our sense to blame. As I said, Ireland. Yeah, it's a. It's going to be a tough few days for John Cleary and his players, definitely. Um, but it, while we're on Clare as well, we have to give Clare credit. Absolutely brilliant performance. Brilliant performance all over the field. Pierce Lewis uh, did a man-marking job as Sean holder today. Brilliant performance from defenders up until the attackers. Brilliant. Jamie Malone um, at centre back. Playing this free role, excellent, scored a brilliant point as well. So, Claire, you have to give them credit, excellent performance from them. But for Cork, yet again, we're asking the question, where do they go from
0: here? Yeah, yeah. And as you said, like you can't not speak about how well Claire performed, and obviously, you know, getting getting the result turning around late on. And, and it feels like Clare, like when you when you've looked at sort of the body of work that Conn Collins has done with Claire in the in the last couple of seasons, keeping them up in division two, obviously couldn't quite do that this year but you know making them a, a consistent team in division two very close to getting up to division one on a couple of occasions as well i suppose the main thing has been getting to a Munster final or trying to do something big in the Munster championship and look i don't think anyone expects them to to to, to be Kerry if you know you presume that's who they would play in a, in, the, in in the Munster final if they get over limerick but you just you just look at it and think if any side or any team deserves that moment, it's definitely clear because they've given they've given so much down the years to their supporters. And you know, I, I don't think they've played in a Munster final under Calm Collins off the top of my head. I might be wrong on that. So I think now the fact that they, they have an opportunity and look, Limerick will be waiting in the wings, I'm sure. You know, Limerick will want to have spoiled the party, but given how Limerick have performed this year. It's a huge opportunity now for for the Banner County.
1: It is, and uh, a yeah, start that will probably blow your brain clear. Haven't reached the Monster vinyl, despite their success since 2012, and that was the, actually the last time Cork won a Monster Title. So, there you go. But um, and that was I don't know who was in charge of Clare that time. It was a, a manager. Then Mick Dwyer came in for 13 and then it was Collins in 14. But Clare have been very, very unlucky over the last few seasons because they always seem to draw Kerry in the Monster Championship. And he just yeah. got unlucky in years. God boy, last year was a big opportunity for them. I thought, and they lost to Limerick on penalties. Um, that would have seen them play at Tipperary in the semi final. But this year, huge opportunity. You know, it's all well and good. Like brilliant performance. Their fans wanted it today. Like their fans were nearly emotional today. And in fairness, you have to feel delighted for Clare. At the same time, yeah, I was I was uh, disappointed that Cork lost it in the end. But delighted for the Clare fans because, as you said rightfully, they deserved it and fair play to them for um, doing that. But um, but yeah, they have to go on and beat Limerick now. They have the players like Eamon McMahon, Owen Cleary, um, if you were Pierce Lillis, um, Dermot Callan in midfield today, and while we're on midfield, Darren O'Neill he came on at half time and they were down six four at half time. He changed the game completely. Six foot six monster of a player came on changed the game completely in midfield, Cork struggled and Clare drove on, brilliant performance from him, like Jamie Malone has definitely re- revitalised himself as centre back, so, but the key thing is for Clare to dust themselves down now, beat Limerick in that semi-final, and to be honest, I'm I i I'm more, I'm probably an advocate for Limerick football because I'm studying in UN at the moment, as you know, but I'd love if Clare reached the Munster final, because as you rightfully said, they deserve it. Absolutely deserve it. Like, if Limerick and Tipperary can reach a Munster final or Cork over the last few seasons, why can't Clare? And they absolutely deserve it. They deserve to be in Sam McGuire. And ultimately, I thought they were very, very unlucky to go down to Division 3. And yeah, Colin Collins, what a job he's doing. And then, um, before we move on, like, when you look at the players, like, I think uh, Paul Kerrigan mentioned this on the Red FM podcast uh, that was listed earlier today. He had players like Gary Brennan, David Toperty, all of them leave and retire or whatnot. He's brought in these new breed of players like Daniel Walsh, Emma McMahon. It's keep rolling on and on. And he's inspiring clear footballers to go on and on in the next few seasons. And that's a credit to Colin Collins himself. What a job he's done, and hopefully clear reach a monster void because it's the least they deserve.
0: Absolutely. No, it definitely definitely is like an and yeah, like I think as a pot two team, they'd have two home games as well. Am I correct in saying that? So, like hmm. for for Clare to go into the group stage as well and have two home games, like that's you know that that that's not easy for teams like going down to Ennis, whether it be uh, you know whether it be you know a Dublin or a, or obviously it couldn't be Kerry, but you know the likes of you know an Ulster side or even you know the kind of champions, whether it be roscommon or Galway, it's not exactly easy or or inconceivable that. um you Know, like going to Ennis and going away to, to clear and fairness. Uh, the other game in Munster was Tipperary 3 9, Waterford 1 11, Stephen O'Brien with 1 3, Stephen Quirk scored 1 1, and Sean O'Connor with two points. Dara Corcoran hit 1 4 for Waterford, but uh, yeah, like I suppose I know, like you were, I think you were saying even you fancied Waterford to, to pull off the shock here. Um, and to be fair, from looking at it on um on Scorpio, like it. It was a fairly even game for large parts. Probably could have went either way. But Tipperary get the, get the victory in the end. and um, believe their first win of the year as well. Um, so they go on and play Kerry. So de- definitely not much of a reward there from a Tipperary perspective. But I'm sure for TIP fans, they're happy with the win, kind of. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, it's a it's hard one, really. We're discussing on my podcast as well. And the same, we'll get on to Leash and wexford in a minute as well. Like it's kind of a meaningless game, considering who they're going to play next, uh, Kerry. I well, thought Watford would win it because they'd be more up for it, and it looked that way. Like, you look at the scoreline, definitely Watford could easily pull off the surprise. But the main Achilles heel for Watford, they only three different scores today, and ultimately, an inter county level, that's not really good enough. So, um, yeah, probably deservedly saw so the tip one the game, Stephen O'Brien. Excellent performance from him with 1-3. They got the three goals today and they deserve to put maybe a small bit of a more victory for Watford before we move on. Same amount of scores as Tipperary, So I don't think Watford fans would have um, expected that start. But um, yeah, I know for my crazy predictions and stuff like that, uh, we better move on. But uh, yeah, I just, I just said, you know what, I said it on the JMAC podcast, I'll say it again, that Watford won it, you know. You you you've for these predictions, and I just said, you know what? I'll try this prediction and see how it goes. But then ultimately, it, can, it fell it in my face. And thankfully, Aaron, I'm not a betting man, so there you go.
0: Yeah, me too. Because I predicted Mayo and Leitrim to play in the Connacht final, and both of them got knocked out in the quarterfinals. So, uh, <laughs> also fancy Cork to be clear as well. So uh, I think my 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 predictions. I think I've you know I think I got all my Leinster predictions correct. Uh, thankfully, but. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of the other ones did uh, did back for, um, unfortunately. But uh, but moving on anyway to the Ulster Championship, Armagh twenty points, Antrim one a. Yeah, for, you know, a routine win really for Armagh a result that we probably expected. Uh, they were missing a couple of players, Ryan O'Neill, Charlie O'Burns. But look, they stood up, got the win, done what they had to do, and on to the men from Cavan.
1: Yeah, um, it, it was an improved performance from Armagh. But you're thinking, you know what? <sighs> Is it the level that Armagh need to be at last night, really? Um, I, I know like it was a brilliant performance for him scoring 20 points. Connor Torbert, excellent for him scoring eight points. Shane McParland was brilliant in midfield scoring four points. They were dominant in this game, really, and only really got a scare when Connor Stewart got that goal for Antrim. And you were thinking, is there a comeback here? Put in Armagh scored the next five or six points of the spin and the game's over. Simple as that. But yeah, it's, it's a tough one to take for Antrim because um, we said it about from um, having a 28% accuracy for play. Antrim had 29%, which isn't much better, really. And Cork um, and Munster as well at 31%, which kind of begs the question, what are they actually doing in training, these teams, you know, if they're not going to kick them um, accurately from play? But yeah, brilliant performance from Armagh, but at the end of the day, you're thinking, is this going to really help them for the cabin game? I would suggest not because Antrim unfortunately aren't are just not at that level and uh, they'll move on to the Tanching Cup now. And uh, hopefully we'll get a scalp or two, but they're not gonna come close to winning, are they?
0: No, I don't think so. I think I think I think they're they're a good bit off, um in, in fairness. But moving on to the Leinster Championship then there was obviously three quarterfinals that took place, uh, starting start with Longford one eleven awfully 112. Uh, we were saying in the, uh, the in, on, on your show during the week that Offaly only beat Longford by a point um, when they played each other in the league And that proved to be the same as well I was looking at a match report on GA.ie I think Bernard Allen scored the, the winning point in the end coming off the bench So big result for Offaly, bit of a scare um, And it definitely would have been a bit of a setback had they have lost this game But they come through it, they get the win and on to, uh, on to Mead
1: yeah, and it was all about getting getting out of the game, out of the, the Glen Brothers pierce Park, for Offley today. Because you mentioned as well in my show that Longford, Glen Brothers pierce Park, it will level it out uh, completely. Like Offly, there's no doubting they have the better players, better uh, man, uh, coaches, and things like that, and they just have the better strength conditioning. But Longford at home is going to be a hard, hard place to go, and we knew that at the end going into this game. And so it proved brilliant for Offley just to get out of there, with a win, move on to the next game now against Meade. And a game, I actually think that Offley have a big chance of winning that game. I know because of the clear result today, Meade would definitely be up for that game now. Because if they lose that game, they're out and they're in the Tall Team Cup. I'm not sure Cullum O'Rourke would want that. But let's not forget as well, in Division 2 last season, both for a bit of a controversial square ball, Offaly should have beaten Meade in Division 2. So I'm telling you, awfully easily pull off the shot against Bede. As for Longford, close but no cigar today, but a lot of people think Longford will go on a run at the Atlantic Cup in the semi-finals. I'm not sure where I read this comment or somewhere, but look at their players and look at Paddy Christie as manager, I definitely would fancy their chances maybe to get to a semi-final and if they perform as well as they did today, there's always a chance. So Longford will go in to the, to the Cup couple, a bit more confidence under their belt, but awfully, we'll no roll on to meet. And I think genuinely, Aaron, they have a big chance of beating them.
0: Yeah, and I suppose the other game, or one of the other games in the Leinster Championship, was Wicklow 2 12, Carlo 10 points. Um, looking at it there, Owen Darcy scoring one goal and two points, Kevin Quinn with four points, Maliki Stone with a crucial. Goal as well, and I was just uh, obviously we're recording this podcast, obviously not live for a change, and just because my internet's been acting up all day, so uh, we decided not to do it live this time around. But um, Sunday game was on in the background, and I seen uh, Owen Darcy's goal, Uh, it was an empty net, and he just absolutely hammered it into the back of the net, and I nearly looked like he missed it. (laughs) Um, it looked close, actually hitting the crossbar. So that would have been a bit of a, a bit of a disaster. But the game was already done anyway because the goalkeeper wasn't wasn't in the goal. But good good win for for Wicklow and for Oshie McConville and I suppose Kildare are up next.
1: Yeah, brilliant brilliant win for Wicklow and a comfortable win really against a poor off Carlo team and a good victory for Oshie McConville and his players Malachi Stone getting a goal would really set them on their way and a brilliant victory for Wicklow Oshie McConville doing a brilliant job for his Wicklow manager and uh, yeah, the Division 4 campaign has really got them in good state for the Championship so well done to Wicklow for winning and they definitely have transferred to there. Before we move on, why didn't Doan Darcy just blast it against the barn? Because you would have had a comedic aspect there and uh, you would have been yeah. something to laugh about in the Sunday game and uh, put up a clip or something on social media but no, he wanted to be more serious just put it at the back of the net but um, yeah, yeah, in all seriousness, good victory for Wicklow but Um, bit disappointed in him own in not being a sort of a comedian there towards the end.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe you should have just let the ball bounce on the ground and just headed in like back in back in the day you do. Obviously with with, with your mates to be fair. Um, but yeah, some people maybe would say that's taking things a little bit too far. Um, but in fairness, yeah, great great result for 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 Wicklow and. uh, who knows? You know, maybe maybe those goal scoring abilities could definitely come in uh, against uh, against Kildare in the quarterfinals. Um, looking at the last game, then obviously of the weekend in the Leicester Championship, it was Leash two seventeen, Wexford two thirteen. Uh, big big result in the end from a Leash perspective. Uh, very high scoring game. So like it sounds like this was a bit of a, a cracking game. Seen Mark Barry score two four. Ben Brosnan with one seven for Wexford. Um but big win for Leash. And I suppose they have an easy one next in uh, in Dublin.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be an absolutely single game and uh Whitlow should they uh, win by 10 points in that game, but uh, or Leash should say long night on. But um, yeah, but, uh, yeah <laughs> very very good victory for uh, Leash and Fairness like Mark Barry scored two four. Evan O'Carroll, six points and Paul Kingston four points. They were the three players on farm for leash in the league, and it's so approved in the game today. Ben Brosnan did well for Wexford, and Wexford put up a fight. But in fairness, you're like, it's the same as the Tipperary and Waterford game. You're like, looking at this game and looking at the results and looking at what it means, you're thinking, what does this game actually mean? It means getting a hammering off Dublin. And I'm like, okay, like, is it going to. Is it going to actually boost confidence for Leash? Is it actually a better result for Wexford here? Because Wexford will be going into more confidence in the Totality Cup. It's an interesting opinion, but it was yeah. a bit of a mean game when you look at uh, the meaning around it. But uh, at the end of the day, very good victory for Leash and uh, good scores um, from the three lads up front.
0: Yeah, like maybe the only good thing it is is that it's good for local businesses in Port Leash, I mean, like with the Dublin fans travelling up and for home fans. Um but yeah it's probably like that's that's you know like a, a small positive maybe I think in terms of actually the footballing element like I think I think yeah like there the really there really can't be can't be any positives um from from a leash perspective but nonetheless great great result for them and uh and yeah maybe maybe I might make the trip down to uh to Port Leash to watch uh to watch the dubs and leash in uh in action.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'd say I'd say if you're going down to Port Leash look at the scarecrows. There's a good there's a good um you know good um good um good for your sca- scarecrows over there, nice chippers as well. So um, a nice few holiday destinations there, nice few sights as well. And Port Leash is a nice stadium, it has um a car park right next to the ground, so very handy for Dublin fans to just park there, go into the ground. So pretty good um, stadium for Dublin fans to go in, but uh, ultimately as a result as a match itself, it probably won't mean anything. But um yeah, at least you'll get to see the scare bro, So um uh, good luck with that.
0: There we go. There we go. Yeah. I was in I was in Port Ireland thing once before. I don't think it was in Port Leash, but uh but yeah, definitely definitely an interesting place. And uh I certainly you know have no plans to go back there anytime soon but uh, but maybe going to Port Leash would be uh, would be would, would be a bit of a trip uh, in fairness but yeah i suppose before we wrap things up then what would you say was your player of the week and uh, i suppose moment of the week
1: Player of the week, I'm probably going to go Keelan Sexton. Four points for Claire, four points for play. Excellent point as well in the second half where he uh, sold the dummy. I'm not sure which card defender. He sold the dummy to, but excellent point outside of the boat as well. Well worth a watch. And the RT highlights, I think they're going to show them on YouTube as well if anyone's not watching the Sunday game. So, like a bit like Sky Sports or something. So, that's uh, pretty good that RT are actually doing that before um, before we end the pod here. But And moment of the week, I, I know you're going to say the New York game, so i would say, I'm just going to go for the Roscommon game, just to go with something different, Roscommon beating me out. So, yeah, those are my moment of the weekend, player of the week.
0: Yeah, I think so, yeah. I don't think you can look past New York's win, in fairness. I think it could be moment of the year. It could definitely be one of the big GA moments um, when we get to the end of, of 2023. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably go with Shane Carty, maybe as player of the week. I think German Murta as well, definitely, definitely a, a good show. Um, but maybe I'll go with with Shane Carthy. Um, I suppose as a as an ex Dublin footballer. Um, but yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap this up here. Cheers, Matthew, very much for coming on. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll hear from you soon. And uh, yeah, make sure to check out the GA Statsman podcast when uh, when anyone gets a chance. And uh, yeah, cheers for coming on.
1: Thanks very much, Aaron. And talent yeah, content is coming your way, so um, tune in for that.
0: Happy days, happy days. We might get you on maybe for the for the preview or something of the the Talchian Cup, Cork versus Waterford local derby maybe in uh, round one.
1: <laughs> yeah, battle of the seaside, battle of the seaside. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Ian.